Welcome to Life Together. On this episode, Josh and I will discuss the foundational truth of what is the gospel and why does it matter. Hey, welcome to Life Together, a podcast for Gresham Bible Church, where we exist to glorify God and being disciples who make disciples of all people through the transforming power of the gospel. I'm Mike Dahl, and here with us is Josh Howith. How's it going, Mike? Good. You? I'm doing pretty well. Excellent. Yeah. Excellent. This is our first uh, official episode of our podcast. Last time was our kind of introduction. So with this being our first podcast, and we've been through kind of a rough Awkward last year. Some people at Gresham Bible Church haven't had the chance to really get to know you yet. I wanted to take this opportunity uh, for Gresham Bible Church to get to know Josh a little bit more. So to help us with that, I thought I'd ask you two questions. Let's do it. All right. So first, what is something you've been reading lately that you've really enjoyed or found helpful? Yeah, I'm, uh, I love reading, but I'm a bad reader in the sense that I'm a snacker. Um, but actually a book that I have been reading, uh, all the way through is a book by Andy Crouch called the tech wise family. Um, I've really enjoyed that so far. It's definitely one of those books that's really challenging in terms of just your lifestyle and how technology, how much we use it, especially as a family, uh, what are healthy ways to use it, that kind of thing. Uh, so that's been more challenging, I think, for the way that I use technology and trying to think through what's a healthy way for our family to use it. So. I could talk a lot more about that book, but it, it was, it's been really good. It's, it's at least gave me a lot of food for thought, you know, in the sense of how we're using technology in our family's life. So That's great. That sounds super helpful. I'm sure Gresham Bible Church. Probably boring too. But yeah, yeah, probably super boring, actually. I'm not going to read it, but no, uh, that, that sounds very helpful. And then secondly, you shared a story with me recently that I think uh, would be good for our whole church to hear. Oh, man. Because uh, those of us as, as parents all have parent fails. So could you tell us about, word on the street is, there was a recent uh, episode up on Mount Hood and sledding where you may have done something to some of your children. Could you just kind of walk that, us yeah, through I'm, that? Yeah, I'm a pretty bad father in many ways. So, uh, no, I I grew up a very timid kid and, you know, would be too controlled. Like, oh, I could get hurt doing that, so I'm not going to do it. And so I've probably pushed my kids a little too far at times beyond their comfort zone. We had never been sledding before as a family um, outside of like pulling them around in a yard or something. And we go up to Mount Hood Meadows, or I think that's what it was called. And we're, we've never been there before. So we're kind of walking through and you kind of first come across these like smaller hills and you go a little bit further down the path and there's these like larger hills and we get to the really large ones. And our kids again have never sledded before. Tucker just goes for it. Uh, Eden and Gus, they seem really interested, and so they actually get in a sled. But I can sense their timidity, and <laughs> I just kind of give them a good push. And they basically just start going, and I could tell they're you know freaking out already and screaming. And uh, essentially, they get two-thirds way down and completely wipe out. So bad, though, that um, like Eden, I don't know if she chipped her tooth, but she was bleeding, you know, and uh, they're all like, basically holding the tears in as they walk back up the hill. I'm wondering, you know, how that went for them. And they get to the top and basically start breaking down crying and are like, we don't want to do this anymore. And so I'm like, oh, no, we haven't even, we got all the way up here. We even borrowed some stuff from people. 
and the day's pretty much over. So, but we were able to redeem it. We got down to those like smaller hills and I kind of threw them in my lap and went down with them a little bit and they eventually turned out to like it a lot. So it was good, but yeah, man, I, I shouldn't do that. I should have, I should have, when they said no and stopped me, I should have held on to them and not let them go down. But I was like, they'll be fine. Not thinking they're going <laughs> to literally wipe out and get bloody from it. And I, I love that story. And I love you were just able to share that with us as a church. So yeah, uh, thank yeah. you. Yeah. Totally. Hilarious. Yeah. I have a lot of, I have a lot of advice I can give you what not to do. So <laughs> I love how it. I roll. Um, Great. Well, today we're going to transition to the meat of our conversation. And in our introductory podcast, we talked about that life together is going to kind of have four different categories. So we're going to have uh, foundations, Christian living, testimonies or voices of Gresham Bible Church, and then just communicating things as a church, right, through another forum. Today, there's going to be a foundational podcast. And what we want to talk about is what is the gospel? And why that's important, we don't have time to fully exhaust on a podcast, right? But you're going to hear in life together, as we do life as a church and individuals, it relates to the gospel. So if we're going to have those conversations, we don't want there to be any assumptions about what the gospel is. We want to ground our understanding in what scripture says it is, as that's going to really inform additional conversations we're going to have on life together. So we don't want when we you hear us say the gospel just to have it be like a bumper sticker or catchphrase, and we probably all have some misconceptions around it. So we want to spend some time today kind of walking through that. So again, today's episode is foundational. We're going to talk about the gospel. First, what is the gospel? And then second, why does it matter? So Josh, what is the gospel? How big of a deal is it? Well, that's a great (laughs) question. Uh, Thank you. Yeah. I was hoping we were going to talk about your love of hip hop music, but um, uh, that's on a future I, episode. I mean, people need to know this, Mike. Yeah. Okay. So, so real quick, um, <laughs> I'll say this at the end to thank you to our friends at Humble Beast Records for the great music on the podcast that actually makes us sound much better than we are. I do love hip hop. I do know what song that is from, and uh, I'm happy he to share the more. album. He said that's from a Jackie Hill Perry album. So yeah, and I it's, just and it's a great song. So. Yeah. Thank we you. love this about I. We want to we want we want to know more about you in that way. So <laughs> none of my none of, none of my lame um, sledding stories and stuff. You know. Oh no, that was good. Reading so. boring books. You know. Like, I'm just joking. Um, but yeah, the gospel, what it is, how big of a deal it is. I think right out of the gate, though, I'd say there's probably a great temptation, even in an episode like this, for people to go, "I already know this. This isn't that big of a deal. This isn't that important." I mean, no one's going to say that because we're all we we know what it at least how to present ourselves as a good Christian, we wouldn't say that. But it's this is everything. You know, I think fundamentally, the what is the gospel and why is it, how is it such a big deal? Um, because it's, you'll find nothing like it in the world. Uh, every, every single worldview, you know, whether we're talking about Buddhism or Islam or um, even modern worldviews and philosophical beliefs, all revolve around you have to do a certain thing or do it well enough. You have to perform. And if you do, then you'll be accepted, whether it's by a crowd, whether it's by other people, or whether it's by God. You know, so obviously belief systems about God in the world are all going to tell you you have to 
perform and do certain things to be a good enough person. And then maybe God will accept you. So I've talked to a lot of Muslims in my life, uh, different Muslim friends even. You ask them, hey, uh, do you think you're forgiven, you know, that God would allow you into heaven to be with him sort of idea? They'd say, oh, I don't know. They, like, have no assurance that that's even a possibility. And so when we're talking about the gospel, fundamentally we're talking about news then. We're not talking about advice. Christianity is all about this. It's a declaration of what God has done in spite of who we are and what we have done. And so when we're talking about the gospel, then it's, it's announcing something that Christ has done for us versus telling people what you need to do um, in order to be made right with God. So fundamentally, it's just a completely different way of viewing the world. And we're probably going to bring that out, but I mean, it comes out in our lives. We're just programmed to do the opposite, to try to perform and be accepted by others through what we do. That's, that's so good and really helpful. If you were going to take someone somewhere in the Bible to say, hey, Josh, what is the gospel? What's a passage that comes to mind that you would kind of direct us to? Yeah, I mean, I think a classic place to go was where we preached on in September, but 1 Corinthians chapter 15. And even there, I think the first two verses are showing us how big of a deal it is because Paul says, I would remind you, brothers, of the gospel I preached to you, which you received, in which you stand, by which you're being saved. So that's giving me an understanding of how big of a deal the gospel is. I'm being saved through it. I'm standing in it today. It's something that I've believed in the past. But then he explains in verses 3 and 4, which I think is a pretty, one of the clearest places of expression of the gospel, although there's others. He says, I delivered to you as of first importance, referring to the gospel, what I also received, that Christ died for our sins in accordance with the scriptures, that he was buried, that he was raised on the third day in accordance with the scriptures, and that he appeared to Cephas, then to the twelve, and then more than 500 people. So you have within that then this understanding that Jesus has died, and the reason he died is unlike any other reason that anybody's ever died in the world. He died for sins uh, as a substitute. Uh, No one else has done that. And he's, that was in accordance with the scriptures. The Bible's been pointing to that from the very beginning. So he's fulfilling something that the Bible's been talking about. It's not that something he generated or created that wasn't even on the radar. But he was buried, so he, he literally died. He was dead. And then he was raised. He, in a bodily way, came back to life on the third day. And he appeared to people. People saw it, more than 500 people. So there's all these eyewitnesses that... We saw Jesus die. We saw him put in the tomb. We've seen him raised from the dead. And so that is, that's the core of the gospel in the aspect of its redemption that it's offering us. Mm-hmm. And when we, when we look there, we begin to understand a lot more about the world. What's wrong with the world? What's wrong with us? Why did this have to happen? You know, so you kind of just, it goes everywhere from there. Yeah. What's a helpful way just in terms of for us to think about the gospel? Again, we're not going to exhaust it in a podcast. It's a diamond that has so many facets that we're going to be enjoying for eternity, not just about its benefits to us, but about who it says, who God is, is the king and what he's done to save us, to rescue us. But what's a helpful way that you found to kind of communicate the gospel, maybe a framework that just, you know, helps us really think about it in terms of what it actually is. So it's not just about uh, its benefits to us, like a get out of 
hell free card in our back pocket mm-hmm. that's really about God, the fullness of the gospel. Do you have a helpful way for us to think about that? Yeah, uh, I think classic in classic ways, people have talked about it in the four different sort of headings of God, man, Christ response. And when you think of the gospel in that way, I mean, gospel means good news. We should say that. It just means good news. It was a military term used in the time of Jesus that when someone would win a a war, they would send out messengers to declare a gospel. You know, the king is one. You know, you're free. That kind of announcement over people. So that's what it is. So basically, when we're talking about good news, that's what we're talking about. Or when we talk about the gospel, we're talking about good news, So, which is really good news when we get to Christ. But you kind of have to go back to the beginning of creation to even understand why we needed this redemption through Christ. So that's why you begin with God. Uh, he is a creator. He is not a creator. Sorry, he's our, everyone's creator. He is the creator. Uh, he's created humanity for us to image him, to reflect him to the watching world, to each other, to glorify him in that way. And we decided that we wanted to pursue our own glory. We decided that we wanted to be like God. We weren't content in submitting to his good rule over us. And by definition, that's sin, right? Because we want to do go our own way. We think we know best how life works. And that's at the core of what def- definition of sin. It's just rebellion against God, his rule over us. So that's what man has done. And every single person born in this world has done the same thing. All of us, I mean, Jordan's here too. I mean, all of us, we look at our kids we looked at ourselves as kids. No one had to teach us how to sin. We just were born with it. So the problem is, though, since God is our holy creator and we are rebellious creation uh, who wants nothing to do with him, we're not really fit then to be in a right relationship with him. He cannot stand sin in his perfect holiness. And so the only way to be made right with God is through an atonement, a sacrifice for that sin. And so that's why God himself sent his son Jesus taken on flesh entering the world on our behalf to live the perfect life we couldn't live. He perfectly submitted himself to his Father's will, and he, he never sinned once. And so therefore, when he died, he was the only person in the history of the world who should never have died, that, and the grave couldn't hold him because mm-hmm. he had not sinned, and death has come as a result of sin. And so, and then as he's ascended after his resurrection, he's interceding for us, he's praying for us right now, and then he's going to come again. And when he comes again, he's going to make all things new. So that's like the big storyline of the Bible. And so when you think of God, man, Christ's response, that's what we're working through. And the response feature is just when I hear that announcement, basically, if, I, if I'm aware that I've, I'm, God made me, I'm accountable to him, I can't make myself right before him no matter what I do, I have no hope of that salvation. And so when I hear the gospel proclaim Christ died for you so that you could be made right with God, receive him and be forgiven— then that demands a response. So that's what's different about this news. Like you and I could talk about news all day. We're talking about different sports news this morning. I don't have to do anything with that news. I can just go, oh, that's really interesting. You know, Fernando Tatis got 300 some million dollars. That doesn't affect my life. You know, well, it does it as, as a Giants fan, but, um, it, but it doesn't really affect my life. I can't do anything with that news. Whereas this news personally affects me. And I have to do something with it. I either receive this or I reject it, and I keep going on my own way. And both of those have huge consequences. That's so helpful. So what is the gospel? In a minute, we're going to talk about why does it matter, but can you give us like a practical example? So this is all well and good, 
but if we're all being honest, it can feel kind of divorced or separate from our day-to-day life of your commute to work, when you go to the grocery store, your relationships, all of it. So can you like kind of put boots on the ground a little bit in terms of what is the gospel? How have has the reality of what you've described to us impacted your life recently? Well, I, I think like in a real on the ground way, it, it, it colors everything that I do. It, in, if anything, in the sense of it kind of calls me out. Hey, you're not living in accordance. Like if I, if I'm saying, I believe this to be true. My whole life is based on this reality that Christ came, lived, died, rose for me. He's coming again, making all the news. If that's the reality that I'm staking my life on, it dramatically affects then how I live today. So I'd say on a practical level, it affects the way that I live as a dad. Cause I can be very aware of how much I want my house clean and to be candid, there's a lot of times where I'm like, oh, the, you know, the kids are making a mess. At least our kids make a mess. I don't know if anybody else makes kids make a mess, but our kids make messes. And so I'm consistently being like, trying to teach them how to help out around the house and clean up after themselves and that kind of thing. And, uh, but that can get into these seasons then where I'm kind of just always asking them to clean up. And lately, just as giving you an example, I've begun to realize like, if my whole life is based on the fact that I've made a huge mess of my life, and Christ has come and cleaned up my mess, so to speak. And he says, I came to serve, not to be served, and give my life as a ransom for many. He defines what his service looks like. It's death. Then I go, well, man, I should probably just view myself as a servant to my kids. I'm just going to clean up their mess. doesn't mean I'm not going to ask them to help me out and clean up. And You know, you want to teach them to be adults and mature in that way. But at the same time, like, I don't need to be asking them to clean up after themselves all the time. Like, actually, in a real way... I can just joyfully serve them and clean up and not ask them to help me because in a real sense, that's what Christ has done for me. And so in a really small way, even if they don't see that, I'm trying to live out that example of that. Uh, I don't know. And, it, and then it helps me go, okay, I don't have to be irritated right now. I can just joyfully serve. So that's, what about you though? I know that that's so helpful. And that's the theme of what we want this podcast to be about, right? The beauties of who God is and what he's done and how that informs and fuels our day-to-day life here in and around Gresham and the time and place in which we are. Yeah, for me, the gospel um, has been particularly applicable this last month and a half since I came on as staff elder associate pastor. So just to be real, day one, driving from our place here to the, the church office, I found my mind going to things I wanted to do and even if I'm being really honest, wanting people's affirmation of, hey, Mike, we're so glad you're in this role and this. And I had to not to just throw around a phrase, but like in actuality, preach and trust and rest in the gospel day one in this job that my security, my identity, my satisfaction is in who Jesus is for me because of what he's done because of his perfect perfect performance for me, not what I do for him. And that's as a pastor, let alone like as a, you know, husband, father, citizen, coaching your kids' sports teams, as a neighbor, all of that. So the gospel is everything. And uh, so that's, we're excited, Gresham Bible Church, for the Life Together podcast to talk about 
the gospel and its connections and what it means because we can't exhaust it. God's eternal and he's good. And so I want us to push against any uh, hindrance or questions we have like, yeah, that's good. That's a piece of theology that doesn't really impact my life. No, it really does. And if you don't think it does, we're going to help you through that. And so I'd encourage you to uh, reach out to us, Gresham Bible Church, with questions or, hey, what does the gospel mean for this? So uh, let's dive in a little bit more. We've talked about what the gospel is. It's a huge deal. Let's talk a little bit more about why does it matter? Yeah. Why do you think it matters, Mike? Why does it matter? <laughs> uh, because it's about God, and yeah. he's eternal, and we're not. So what comes to mind is Romans 1.16. We're not ashamed of the gospel, for it is the power of God. So the gospel is really the power to live a Christian life. Yeah. We can't exhaust it enough. We can't talk about it enough. And if we feel that, when I feel that, it's really a me problem, not a gospel problem. Yeah. So we got to lean into that. Yeah, I love that because he says, I am not ashamed of the gospel. Why? It is, for it is the power of God for salvation for mm-hmm. everyone. So why would I be ashamed of it if it's the power? I mean, nothing else in the Bible is said to be the power of God uh, outside of God himself, obviously. So th- there's something in it that is so liberating and free. I mean, I, th- I almost think of what Jesus said, you know, if the Son has set you free, you are free indeed. And that's to be free to actually be a slave to righteousness, not a slave to sin. So it frees me from being a slave to sin, and it liberates me to being a slave to righteousness, so to speak. Do what God has called me to do, to live the way that he's designed for me to live, and that's a, that's a life of freedom. But yeah, man, that, that's, that's kind of the go-to verse right there, why does it matter? But I, I think even too, like in accordance with that idea of salvation— Romans 10 says, faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of Christ. Mm -hmm. I mean, that's talking about the gospel. So if I'm saying, how do I even receive faith, which is, that's kind of getting the idea that faith is something I receive because I I hear something and that's how I obtained faith or how's my faith strengthened. I mean, it's by hearing this word of Christ, you know, so if we're talking about our faith and that's the core of what we're talking about in our Christian lives, it matters because that's, how my faith comes to me, you know, it's through hearing. So, so yeah, those are some of the things that come to my mind. Why does it matter? Uh, what, some of the things that we've talked about, though, I'd say uh, come to my mind, at least, it's, it's how we grow. Ephesians 4 talks about, you know, there's this, that's kind of like Paul's manifesto on the church, essentially, what is the church? And he talks about, he, he gives the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the shepherds, and teachers to equip the saints for the work of the ministry to build up the body of Christ until we all attain to the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God to mature manhood, to the measure, the stature, and the fullness of Christ, so that we will no longer be children tossed to and fro by waves and carried about by every wind of doctrine, by human cunning, by craftiness and deceitful schemes, rather speaking the truth in love, we are to grow up in every way into him who is the head, into Christ. So it's saying there, essentially, that speaking the truth in love, that's referencing the gospel. That's what Paul's laid out for the first three chapters, the gospel message. So as I'm speaking the truth in love, as I'm, as I'm speaking the gospel to you, it's saying that's how actually we grow up into Christ. So it matters because the gospel is how I grow, like believing it, understanding that. That's so good. So what comes first and then our response or what flows from it? Could you talk to us a little bit more 
about we've been talking about the idea of indicative and then the imperative maybe kind of just walk us through what that is and then where you see that in scripture yeah so i mean kinda you've done that already but let's yeah kinda, yeah walk through that a little more so yeah that's kind of the, that's i'd say that like you're getting at kind of one of the main areas of why it matters and that is it anchors us for how we should live our lives that's what I love. One of the one of the many many things I love about God is He never tells us to do something that He hasn't already done. Amen. And so, you know, I can do that a lot in my life. We all can do that. We can tell people to do things, and then we don't even do that. So we're good with our words. We're not good with our follow up. And that's I think an amazing thing about God. And so every time, every time in the Bible, we're told to live a certain way. There's a reason for it. And it's there. It explains it. I mean, we could we can literally look at many different things. I think some classic ones that come to my mind, Philippians two, you know, this incredible command to it says, Do nothing from selfish ambition or conceit, but in humility count others more significant than yourselves. So that's what God calls us to do. And if we go, That sounds good, why? Why should I do that? The answer, if you read further, is, oh, because that's who Christ is. So Jesus then is calling me to do something that he is, and he does. You know, so it goes on and says, have this mind among yourselves that's yours in Christ Jesus. He was, though he's in the form of God, he didn't count equality with God a thing to be grasped. Emptied himself by taking the form of a servant, being born in the likeness of men, being found in human form. He humbled himself by becoming obedient to the point of death, even death on a cross. So, uh, and it goes on, but... So I'm being called to be humble. Why? Because Christ is like the epitome of humility. Like his whole life is a life of humility. Or um, another classic place that comes to my mind is Matthew chapter 6, you know, where Jesus is, doing, is teaching his famous Sermon on the Mount. And he gets to this section where he says, do not be anxious about anything. And it's not just an empty command because my anxiety stresses him out or something. Because I could, I could probably tell people not to be anxious, but maybe I'm telling you not to be anxious because I don't want to be bothered by your anxiety, the way it's affecting me. Whereas Jesus tells me not to be anxious, but he tells you why. I mean, he gives a bunch of different examples. He says, well, look at the birds, you know, look at the, the flowers. And we, we've heard this so many times, right? But he, he then says, aren't you more important than them? And I, and I love that. I was reading this story to my kids like a couple weeks ago, and you're literally looking at these flowers, you're looking at the birds, and you just ask these little kids, do you think God loves you more than flowers? And they're like, oh, yeah. Like, well, he provides for them. Like, why would we be anxious that he's not going to provide for us? But he tells us to seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and everything's going to be added unto us. So basically, he's just saying here, do not be anxious, but it's not an empty command. It's telling me I shouldn't be anxious because I have a father who cares about me more than all these other examples of his provisional care and and creation. So I don't need to worry about it. I just need to like seek after him. So, so those are two examples, but I honestly, I would say to to anybody who's listening, I mean, fun exercise. I, at least I think it's fun. Maybe I'm a nerd about it, but I just encourage you literally open your Bible, look for any command, any place in the Bible where it tells you to do anything and just start reading before or after that. And you'll find the reasons why you're told to do, to live that way. Like, we talked about this even with Romans. Mm-hmm. Like, you get to all these commands at the end of Romans. Why are we called to live these certain ways in Romans 14 and 15, uh, those chapters, 13? Well, it's because of everything he said in 
Romans 1 through 11. So he's basically saying in light of that whole thing, therefore this is how we should live. So anyway. Thank you. It's so good. So Gresham Bible Church on Life Together, you're going to hear us talk about the good news of the gospel. So what God has done and what that means, who he is for us now, and then how we live in light of that, right? So there are implications of the gospel, but we don't want to get it twisted. We want to let the good news of the gospel come first in all of its beauty. And so we're going to explore that together on this podcast. Excited to do that together as a church family in this forum. So this has been episode one. I hope you have found it helpful. I think it's actually two, but this, yeah, I mean, you're who's right. counting, right? You're right, exactly. And uh, <laughs> thank you to Jordan Bradley for his awesome skills and actually making this sound good. So thank you, Jordan. Yes, thank you, Jordan. Yeah, and thanks for joining us on the Life Together podcast. Again, a podcast for Gresham Bible Church where we exist to glorify God in being disciples who make disciples of all people through the transforming power of the gospel, what we've just spent a few minutes talking about together. So again, Gresham Bible Church, we'd love to hear from you with any questions or comments from the discussion in today's podcast. You can reach out to me at mike at greshambible.org. We would love to hear your feedback about the podcast or if you have any ideas or suggestions that you'd find helpful uh, for a future episode. And again, we want to give a big thank you and shout out to our friends at Humble Beast for the great music on today's podcast. Thank you, Gresham Bible Church. 